Welcome to Five Strike Weekly, everyone. Atlanta United's schedule for 2019 has finally dropped, and we're going to go through all of it and break it down for you. Plus, we break down all the rumors and news that have been coming up this past week. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe and leave us a good rating. The long-awaited 2019 Atlanta United schedule has been released, and for the impatient, I guess it's been a while. Yeah, all of one month. Yeah, but uh, still too long. I'm ready to see them play absolutely. again. Absolutely. Let's let's get all the games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are a lot of games in fact, and uh, it's because we're in a brand new competition, the Concacaf Champions League. And that means it's going to be a very congested schedule throughout most of the year. And, uh, I mean, LA United, you know, I, I think expect nothing less. We have one more televised game than last year. We have 17 nationally televised games. That's huge. Uh, we are number one in that, that, uh, that respect. LAFC are second, and that's really big on them, too. That's uh, yeah, Absolutely. Know, really I mean, big. I guess the, the, the nice thing for most people will be that the majority of those games, you'll have eight on ESPN, three on FS1, and three on Fox proper. Yeah. One of which will be something we'll touch on in a little bit is to the game directly following the final of the Women's World Cup. Right. So that's going to be two years in a row that Atlanta United will lead off the coverage after the World Cup final concludes, which is a big, big thing for Atlanta absolutely. United. But when we tell you who you're playing, well, who we're playing, it makes sense. Right, indeed. But uh, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of that, it's uh, yeah, we're playing the Portland Timbers, uh, our MLS Cup foe uh, on August 18th. Uh, that's something that uh, I think we're all, you know, kind of pining for that kind of a uh, rematch, you know, I guess we could say. Yeah, a little a, bit of a rematch. Especially with the uh, the flavor of things that <laughs> exactly. Portland fans the decided to add. The saltiness of fans. A little bit of an extra spice. Yes. Uh, I a think, very bland salt. Right. So we would uh, we would love to smack them around again because I think they very deserve so. probably another beatdown. Well, preferably but... in their place, which it would be <laughs> yeah. this time because, well, they were upset that it wasn't last time. Do better. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, indeed. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, we also have rivalry week, and that's uh, I believe August twenty third, and that's in Florida rivalry. against Orlando City, of course, uh, our rival, uh, something like that. But yeah, I, I know how <laughs> Orlando City fans feel now. Right. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know what I'm talking about. Indeed, yeah, Clemson. Uh, Let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. They didn't beat my team. It was just that Clemson won. And when a rival wins something, and the team that you are very passionate about, in my case, the University of South Carolina, because I grew up in Columbia and went there, yeah. uh, I hate Clemson with every fiber of my being, more sure. than any sports team on the face of this earth. Uh -huh. And uh, they're really good, and they've won multiple championships. Uh -huh. And it's not really a rivalry anymore, because, well, they kind of won. Yeah. So if this is what Orlando City fans feel like, because, well, we don't care about them, mm. and now Atlanta has won, it's, it's a really shitty feeling. Yeah. But then again, I don't care because it's Orlando. Yeah, and at least you're on one good end of that. Yeah, at least I got something going well for me. So right. that's a positive. Good exactly. job. Keep it up, Atlanta United. <laughs> right. But uh, Otherwise, I will be one miserable bastard. <laughs> right. And uh, so hopefully, yeah, that uh, that week, and you know, it's going to be the 18th and the 23rd. Hopefully that week uh, kind of conspires a good thing for you. But, um, yeah, we also play, you know, our, I, I think, hated rivals, New York Red Bulls. Um, that we, you know, definitely got one over on them, but I think we have to set it right in the regular season now. And our first chance to do that is May 19th, 
And uh, you know that's uh, that's at the Benz or no, no that'll be at Red Bull. Arena. That's at Red Bull Arena, and then June seventh is at the Benz. July seventh. July seventh. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a, lot a lot of games. It's a lot, a lot of games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and so we also have eight midweek games. That's also that's something unprecedented because of this condensed schedule. That uh, yeah, essentially we have the playoffs coming in earlier. And that means, yeah, decision day is on October 6th. So, yeah, we will not run into that November uh, international window, which is good. But, uh, yeah. The playoffs are the way they are, which suck. Yeah. yeah. But we've already been over that, and I'm not going to get into that again. That was, you can watch uh, a couple episodes ago. That was, yeah, you know, was our, our whole diatribe on that. But uh, in terms of, you know, something that, like, What's your game to watch out of all these games? And obviously, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think the one that stands out the most for me will be that July 7th game against Red Bull, because that will be the game we alluded to that will be right on after the World Cup. You can almost guarantee that it'll be a full 70,000 person game. Um, it'll be very interesting because it's falling at the end of a period where Atlanta potentially could be missing a lot of its first team players due to the what Gold Cup and the Copa America two international competitions that I couldn't care less about, except for the fact that now they affect me because my team will possibly be losing, more than likely be losing, a good number of their best players. So that's really frustrating, but by that date, they probably should be back, ideally. And that'll be right smack in the middle of the season, and I think that'll be a really big point for Atlanta to see where they've come and where they're at under Frank DeBoer right. against the team that, let's be honest, has been the one that's been neck and neck with them in our first two seasons, that has been our biggest bogey team, our biggest rival, that whoever kind of wins that is in a really good place to go on and win the cup. So I think that'll be a really big, you know, benchmark to see where Atlanta right. United are about the halfway point of the right. season. It's probably a proper six-pointer, as they say. It's Absolutely. something that, yeah, it'll be highly contentious, uh, and it should be a much better game than probably we got. But uh, it was the Seattle Sounders last year against uh, in, yeah that after was the World Cup. That, that was not ideal. That was a uh, a schlag. A World Cup final full of goals. Yeah. And Atlanta United game, not so much. Yeah. Very, not so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of tough months, I think, in this uh, very condensed schedule. Absolutely. I, I think, think there's two that really stand out. Right. I think both May and September are going to be absolute bastards for this team. Right. But, but uh, for different reasons, mind yeah. you. Yeah. But I think May, I think for me, is the very much uh, just a ridiculous month. I mean, cross-country travel, seven games. Um, it's potentially more. Potentially more as well. I mean, yeah. It's if Atlanta had an advance to the finals of the CONCACAF Champions League, yeah. that will be in May as well, which right. could, I don't know if there'd be, if the first leg would be at the end of April or if, it, 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 if we're it's there, close. it would either be eight or nine games at that point in May, which is a lot of games. Great right. for the fan to watch, not so much when you're having to run 90 minutes in Frank DeBoer's system. Exactly. And when you have that also, it's uh, you know not a lot of days off, uh, probably some charter flights. It's going to be a whirlwind, and it's probably going to be one of the biggest tests. Uh, I mean, I this think... This club's face, let's be yeah, perfectly it, honest. It probably will be, because, yeah, the September of 2017, it was a lot of games, but it was all at home. And so that's a little easier to handle. But when you have to go that many places, travel that many miles, I mean, the only positive is the uh, the miles that you'll get on your uh, your plane ride. And, yeah, I mean, because if, I, if, if from looking at it, it's flight to Vancouver, flight back to play Red Bull in New York, then flight out to Salt Lake to play RSL, mm -hmm. then a flight back to play Minnesota at home, I believe, 
and that's the end of the month. I mean, that is a dumb amount of flying and MLS can go do one for deciding, you know what, let's have them go back and forth across the country four times in less than like 10 days. Yeah. That's stupid. Lots Especially away, because yeah. they, I mean, we talk about charter flights and Atlanta would, let's be honest, fly private every single time if they could, but MLS yeah. doesn't let you. Mm -hmm. We're definitely gonna be burning those flights on that trip, I imagine, because of the absolute craziness. I think May definitely is, is the hardest month, but it could also be the most defining because for Atlanta United, obviously you sacrifice a little bit in the league as long as you make the playoffs, especially early season if you win Champions League because mm -hmm. it's all worth it. That's that trophy we want. Right. It gets us that you know championship at the end of the year in the that Club prestige. World Cups, that yeah. prestige. Mm -hmm. So that could be massively defining for the club. And if you can win that and then carry that momentum through the league, you can really put down a marker by saying, we're here, we can compete in both. This is what's up. This yep. is the new MLS. This is the team you're going to have to compete with if yep. you want to be, you know, the big boys on the block. So I think the positive for this is that if you're a squad player this season, you're going to get game because there's no <laughs> way sure. around it. There's no way that you can pull a Tata Martino and play the same 13, 14 players uh -huh. every game in and game out because there are way too many games, way too close together with way too much travel that you're going to see the likes of, well, if he's still here, which I imagine, Andrew Carlson playing and starting more. Mm -hmm. You're going to see young players like Bello playing a lot. Breck Shea will be in the mix. Whoever else they bring in, you will see every player who's a squad rotation player playing because of these congested fixtures. Mm -hmm. And you have that at the beginning, but again, we have a crazy September at the end of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be uh, a little bit too much probably uh, to deal with. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to take it game by game. Uh, and I think that's the best way to be able to uh, to deal with all this. I mean, it's just going to be a lot to handle. But uh, I think in terms of uh, the easiest month, it's got to be... Um I think it's gotta be June. I mean, in, in the sense of, that less games. Yeah, it's fewer games. Yes, we will have that uh, kind of interruption with the Gold Cup and the Copa America. But uh, in terms of that, I mean, the opponents. I mean, it, it's arguably a little easier. I mean, you have Chicago, who I don't think uh, have made the requisite moves to be a contender. So that's uh, not too bad. And you then Montreal at home. Which yeah. And then you have 20 be days between. 20 plus days between uh, uh, you know the first game and the second game. Yes. That's uh, pretty decent. So in terms of that, uh, yeah, and that's not counting October, which only has one game. So yeah, well, of course. that's the last game of the season. But, uh, right, that, that doesn't They don't count. have the playoffs, so that doesn't count. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so, you know, we play Montreal, we play uh, Toronto, uh, but Toronto's away. That that probably is the toughest fixture there in, in that month. Absolutely. But, I mean, if we're all being realistic, I'm not expecting much from that Toronto trip. We just don't seem to do well when we go up there. So when you're missing your players and you played as many games, not really having high expectations for that, but you're yeah. going to have those in a season. So especially exactly. in Major League Soccer, it's not like, right. you know, if we, if we could just outspend <laughs> everyone and have a super deep team, we yeah. would, but that's just not how it works here. Yeah, if we were, uh, you know, doing that, then yeah, we, we would probably be aiming for going invincible, but it's... Oh, exactly. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. But let's, 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 pull the, let's hold the horses on that one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, so in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, the whole schedule on a whole, um, you said, you know, uh, July 7th for Red Bulls was your one to watch. Uh, for me, like, I really, really want to get back to L.A. Uh, going, going, back, back to... Yeah, Cali, Cali. Anyway, uh, so it's a, it's a song. Anyway. And I know. I know. <laughs> I just... I know. I did it. I, uh, I go full on. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of that, uh, I'm... I was born out in LA, full disclosure, and uh, so LAFC, that trip looks to be something that I really want to go to. 
Uh, and especially it's going to be the clash of these expansion teams that have done really, really well since the start. And so I think, I think LAFC is kind of the foil for Atlanta United in the West. They're, they're that team see. that I think wants to kind of model the uh -huh. way that we've done things in terms of growing their fan base. I love their stadium. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Their fans are kind of, well, if you listen to the playoff game, you can tell what they are. Um, but hopefully they have that sorted out. They seem right. very passionate. It's a club that is very well supported. And I, I think it could be a really great rivalry with this team. Indeed. And I think it would be a great away trip if I could make it as well. I think that'd be uh, brilliant because it, it's an atmosphere, it's a stadium, it's a team that I'll, I'd like to see play, and it's yeah. a team that I'd like to see us beat again. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't so far as say a rivalry because when you only play one game against a team, it's right. difficult but to really. We're kind of similar. There. I'm saying I but, think that long term they could very yeah. much develop into a team we could see, mm -hmm. you know, in some bigger and very important games, potentially sure. MLS Cup finals. Yeah. Going for because I think they have the right idea of what they want to do. They have a good model and they, they know where they're heading. And I think that's yeah. good for, for soccer in the US. It's good for, for soccer out there because it gives the Galaxy something to push for because they're clearly yeah. functioning on the older MLS type model. For sure. But it's good to see that diversity. And mm -hmm. I think, again, they're, they're doing a great job with their fan culture, with their stadium, right. how they're doing things. I think they're doing a yeah. great job. And that's, that's a game I'd love to see for sure. Yeah. And especially it's the attacking styles playing each other. And last year, of course, we uh, we smacked them five nil. We destroyed so, them. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, welcome to MLS. Hopefully, we can uh, you know do that again I'd in LA. It. I think yeah, a five nil in LA would make me very happy. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, but uh, so in terms of that, I mean, please let us know what you're excited for, you know, and what what you're looking forward to in the 2019 schedule. Of course, we also have all those Champions League games, uh, or at least two of them, at least hopefully For more. For sure, hopefully more. Because uh, God knows if our only home game at the Champions League is in Kennesaw, I will. <laughs> Not getting into that today. Yep. Restrained. Yep, and uh, and of course the US Open Cup uh, games, and you know, hopefully. Also at Kennesaw, more than likely. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, potentially Club World Cup, uh, if that ever happens. Well, that would what be else? in wherever the world they pick. If yeah. we went to the Club World Cup, your boy's going. I'm just saying, yeah, I don't care exactly. where it's at. I think a lot of the Five Strike Faithful would go I wherever so. they're going, whether it's in, although it's been in Asia recently, and yeah. I don't know if it's been in this hemisphere recently. I don't think so. Hey, there's a great yeah. stadium if anyone's a part of FIFA watching, and it's in Atlanta, and you can get a bunch of people. We have a big airport, mm -hmm. lots of accommodation. It would be a great place to Busiest host the Busiest airport Cup. in the world. It'd be a fantastic place. Seriously, they should really consider it. Yeah. It'd be huge. In the world or in America? One of those. Anyway. Uh, who knows? Uh, I think it's world. I think it might be world. Anyway, uh, you know, Perfect. Uh, let us know if that, that's actually factual. Uh, we'll probably correct ourselves. We'll probably that, but, be wrong. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's get into the injury update. Ezekiel Barco, yeah, I mean, it's a three to four week time frame for him, which is a big sigh of relief because on our last episode, we were just speculating. We had, we had no, no idea. idea. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a hamstring. It's a. Uh, Kind of not as bad as uh, what, or no. not hamstring, right knee tendonitis. Sorry, rather, uh, the patellar tendon. And so, uh, yeah, it definitely seemed a lot scarier when we heard it at first. But, uh, yeah. In your defense, to be fair, it feels like every person who ever gets injured for us, it's yeah. a hamstring, right. so it's allows. Kind of fatigue, <laughs> It's kind of fatigue. Usually, it's yeah, like, oh, Joseph, hamstring. Miggy, right. hamstring. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, Tito, hamstring. Yeah, he, of course, was away with the Argentine uh, U-20s. And uh, in that camp, and you know, before games even started, before anything really even started, he got an injury, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, thankfully, yeah, I mean, the time frame isn't too bad. He will kind of be on the latter end of when our training, uh, our spring training, 
kind of ends and you know our uh, CCL kind of begins. I don't know. I don't really see him being able to play any CCL games. So uh, at least that first round of fixtures. Yeah, I think so. And maybe even the second. I mean, he's got to get that. You know, get in form. He's got to get situated with Franck de Boer. It's uh, it's a lot to kind of uh, just get uh, really ingratiated really quickly. So I think, you know, I think we'll see him, uh, be involved early on in the season, but in terms of maybe the starting, you know, maybe not so much, but there's also, I mean, you have the naysayers of course that don't even want him on the team. So, you know, you have that as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, I actually think it's kind of a blessing in disguise almost for him. I'm not happy that he's injured, but I'm kind of glad he's not with the, with the U20s. He, Hasn't really had a break for over a year, minus his injuries that he had during the season. He's a young player, and I think for him, just being back in Atlanta now, which he is to focus on his recovery, mm -hmm. to recover, be in camp, be around it, and, you know, he'll be at training, he'll be around it, being able to be involved with the team from an earlier time period, you know, yeah. getting there, getting maybe those mental reps, they might say, but also just getting a little bit of time off to help recover his body. Yeah. Even though he is recovering from an injury, it might help him for throughout the season to be more fit uh -huh. going in the season, having a little bit of a break. I'm just trying to be positive on it, sure. to be honest, but I think that for him, this season's obviously massive. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's going to be better that he will be spending more time, even if he's not training with the team, to even be around the team yeah. as the transition starts. Just mm -hmm. being there, I think, will be important. And I think it'll help him this season going yeah. forward. So I'd rather him be here and recovering than mm -hmm. playing with the, with the with the U20s, to be perfectly honest. That's, because that's fair, I think but... that if his play is good enough, he doesn't even need to worry about the U20s. Mm -hmm. So that's what this year should be for him, is performing, playing well in Atlanta. And if you do that, that'll get you your shot with Argentina. Yeah, but I think in terms of that, uh, why he, you know, it would have been a really good experience for him with Argentina is that, yeah, you have that aspect of, you know, you see his name, uh, and then you see Atlanta United next to it, especially you know with all the uh, the different you know the the different games that they would have played. Uh, it would have selfishly for the club uh, in terms of the business standpoint, got a lot of eyeballs uh, seeing Atlanta United That's next right. to a marquee player for the U20s because he would have been a key cog. He was the probably the guy for them uh, that they were relying on, and so it's kind of a. a Big blow for them and also Ezekiel Barco. I mean, you saw on his uh, IG story, he was saying 2019, sad, sad, crying faces. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's I feel a, you on that, bro. Big, big blow. I feel you on that. Not but, uh, been a great year so far. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so in terms of that, I mean, you know, hopefully he is able to uh, show out for us and have. Uh, he has a lot to prove, and so it's one of those... I, I, have, I have big expectations, but yeah. I'm backing to do well this season. I yeah. think he will fit in really well with what Frank Gabor yeah. wants to do, because technically on the ball, he is class, and right. I think that this system and the way that the team will play under DeBoer will really highlight what he can do, and right. I think DeBoer, who is notable, obviously, for mm -hmm. developing and bringing through young talent, mm -hmm. will be a fantastic coach for Ezekiel right. Barco. And whether you rate him or not, it's something that, you know, you... You need him to do well, yes. Because for a you know club standpoint, if he does well, he fetches a big transfer fee. That is only good news for everybody. Correct. So. I mean, we, we the, the better he does, then it looks like wow, Atlanta United went and spent 15 million on a player, and then we turn around and sell him for 30 million. It's like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. business investment, mind you. Obviously, independent to get a very hefty chunk of that. True. But still, well, it's the optics of doing that. Yeah. He looks like a success, and he moves on to a club in Europe and succeeds there. It's mm -hmm. just like Miggy. The more and more players that come here and succeed, and then move on and succeed, the better it looks for Atlanta. The 
better and bigger you know of a club we become right. and more internationally recognized than we already are and that's the goal is to become yeah. an international club and we want to be that if there's a really good young player in south america they want to go i want to go to europe but maybe i'm not ready for it just yet well i'll just go to atlanta for three years and then i'll you know hop off to europe yeah. and then we're getting all the great young players coming through here winning things and then moving to europe for lots of money which is good for us and bad for everyone else who hates us indeed indeed but uh speaking of moving on tata martino has officially moved on to El Tree to the Mexican national team. It's Man, official. I've never heard of that. Right. It's uh, never it's only been like six months uh, in the in the making, but uh, it finally was announced after a whole lot of probably uh, negotiations for salary, for uh, maybe a little bit of uh, power control of what he you know is in charge of can uh, get you know in his favor. I mean, it's uh, yeah. So, but. Uh, I think he takes a good bit, if not pretty much all of the coaching staff he had in Atlanta, uh, except for uh, Aaron Hyde, the goalkeeper coach. And so it's going to be kind of an overhaul, which uh, will be a bit tougher for uh, for you know the five stripes, the players. I mean, there's a lot to get acclimated to with the the new new manager, Frank DeBoer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but. When you think about it, they're replacing a fantastic manager with another fantastic manager. So, who also speaks Spanish and he played at Barcelona and won the Champions League and played in the World Cup. Yeah. And I think he'll be able. I think he'll be able to walk in and he'll command their respect, maybe in a different way than Tata did. Mm -hmm. But you know, we'll, we'll find out obviously how everything goes once he starts working with the players. But right. that's a video for another day, and I'm I'm excited about that starting. And that's you know again only a week away. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, only a week away until uh, the you know the uh, the spring training starts, and you have Frank DeBoer. You know, he will lead his first training session. Uh, and you know, right now, yeah, we saw all uh, the the posts of him arriving in Atlanta and then quickly uh, moving on to Orlando for the combine and the MLS Super Draft. That's going to be happening the rest of this week uh, on Friday, anyway. Uh, the actual Super Draft, but uh, yeah, in terms of that, they've been scouting, they've been negotiating with other teams, they've been hanging, hanging out, out with, with Edwin Manchester Van der United Sar. legends like Edwin Van der Sar. Exactly. I remember that penalty he saved in 2008. Everyone else did as well. Uh, but um, yeah, right I mean, here. you know, very good company. Especially they signed a player while they were there, oh, yeah. just sidestepping the. Yeah, uh, the draft is on Friday, unless you're Atlanta United, and it's just like, ah, we'll just sign someone anyway. Who cares? Because if there's can. a loophole, guarantee we're gonna find it. Exactly, and uh, you know, not too bad to probably have Vandersar maybe have a little helpful eye and seeing like. Hmm. He's a good okay. goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, he has a pretty good idea of what it means to be a world-class goalkeeper right. and the uh, talent and the attributes that you need to find in them. Indeed. He is definitely the guy to talk to. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, and right now, uh, Vandersar is the CEO of a uh, Ajax. Ajax. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, like, he's just hanging out. I wish you'd just be the DOF at Man United, <laughs> but that's just me personally, yeah. and that's never going to happen. But you know what? A man can dream. A man yeah, can dream. probably, probably. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, so far, Frank DeBoer has been saying all the right things. Uh, he said, yeah, the uh, primary goal is to entertain the Atlanta United fans. And that it would be wonderful to win the first or be the first MLS team in its current format of uh, the CONCACAF Champions League, the first MLS team to win it. That 
you know, that sounds good to me. I'm fine with that. I will sign up for attractive attacking football and winning Champions League. Exactly. Those are two very good things. Sounds it would go a long way to rectify the red ink that 2019 currently has in terms of sporting with me. 2019, yeah. <laughs> on my shit list right now. Thanks, Bama. If there was a Wasteman segment, you'd be the one. Yeah, we will not <sighs> we will not have that segment in this, uh, in this episode. But uh, another thing of note, yeah, he was uh, talking with Telegraph a... Uh, Dutch uh, media source and he was talking about if the, the they would bring any Dutch players in from uh, from any of the part of the world um, and he it was an interesting thing I mean he said of course he'd be interested but uh, yeah there's not a ton of, uh, of space in terms of international player space uh, and slots for Atlanta United so that's tough uh, it would have to be a fit and a need for Atlanta United as well, and that also is kind of difficult because, yeah, there's not a lot of starting spots probably for anybody, and so if you're going to take up an international spot, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be tough. And uh, but, uh, I imagine that the like the, the the type of player United are looking to sign, which is young and bright, and you know can be developed. If they're Dutch, they're going to stay in the Netherlands because there's no reason for them to leave. They'll yeah. be paid better. They're probably playing at one of the big clubs there, which means it'll be easier for them to move to another European club. So I don't think we're bringing in any old Dutch players because, again, doesn't follow the MO of United. Right. So probably no Dutch players. Right. <laughs> and if there are any Dutch dual internationals with uh, you know America as well, then maybe. Maybe. But, uh, you know. If there are, we will find them. <laughs> yeah. I mean. In terms of uh, yeah, the front office, I'm sure they will do their due diligence, but uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know if too many of those exist, and then on top of that, if they're really, really talented. So, who knows? But uh, yeah, and there was an interesting thing from his agent, Guido Albers. Uh, yeah, he discussed uh, pretty much that, yeah... Uh, Tabor is on a four-year contract. Not the two, as we previously year, believed. Apparently. And so, according to Tabor, he wants to see out all four years of, the, of that contract. Right. I like the sound of that. Four years of winning, and then he can go wherever he needs to, or yeah. stay here. Up yeah. to him. Yeah, if he wants to uh, kind of replicate what he had at Ajax, I mean, that's... That's fine. Yeah, you know, you know totally if he wants fine. to win four. four in a row, five in a row, six yeah. in a row, seven in a row, let's yeah. just keep going. I'm fine. Let's just win a bunch. Let's, yeah, let's keep we, we can become the evil empire. I am completely okay with it. And then right. sticking with the theme of the evil empire, yeah. <laughs> his agent also discussed the player who we haven't signed, have signed, who we've signed, I don't yeah. know, uh, Penny Martinez. And he said that he had, was being considered by um, these two relatively small, small clubs. clubs. You, you may or may not have heard of them. Um, one wears white and they play in the city of Madrid and they've won three out of the last four Champions League and that's Real Madrid. And they're currently world champions in that little competition called the Club World Cup that we want to play in. Right. The other team plays in this small area called Catalonia in a city called Barcelona and it's FC Barcelona. And uh, yeah, those are two of the three biggest teams in the world. The other being Manchester United, obviously. Right. And he was being considered by both of those teams. And, and he said no, apparently. And he said no. If that yeah. doesn't tell you a little bit about Pity Martinez, whew, I am baffling. really excited about this guy right. that hasn't signed or has signed or <laughs> will sign. I and don't know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much... Uh, I, you know, two of three parties has pretty much said it's a done deal. There has been just rumors rampant, or not even rumors, just just reports out saying uh, all sorts of things about Pity and LA United. But LA United have kept mum with probably good reason because the Miguel Miron sale has not happened yet, and we'll get into that a little later. 
But uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the last bit from Albers is that you know, Pity Martinez will make uh, apparently two million, which is really a very probably agreeable wage, I think. It, yeah, that's not, a, not as much as I would expect for a player yeah. who basically <laughs> is coming in as the best player in South America. Exactly. So I'll take that. But that also means that he knows if he balls out, he will get a very large pay raise in Europe. Or here, either one, I'm fine with that because uh, winning. Yeah. Winning is good. Exactly. So I'm fine with that. And, uh, you know, LGP doing his uh, kind of pre-captaincy thing, pre-captaincy, whatever. Whatever. Uh, Welcoming people to the team. Yeah, exactly. He, he uh, pretty much did that with his Echo Barco last year. And with uh, Pitti Martinez, he apparently has already talked to him. He's uh, trying to get him kind of ingratiated into the team already. And uh, I think that's fantastic. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, really, you you want someone to play host and really bring them in. And uh, I think that's that's fantastic that he's doing that already. Except uh, he hasn't signed for us yet. So yeah. it's kind so of weird that he's talking sure. to a player who <laughs> hasn't signed for us about settling in in Georgia. Yeah. It was very interesting because this past yeah. weekend, there was a whole thing about Pity Martinez being on a flight. What are the chances he's already in Atlanta and none of us just know it? Because yeah. that would be the most Darren Eels thing to do is just have him here, have him already doing every some some stuff mm. under you know behind closed doors, finding him a place to settle down, and then being like, by the way, we signed Pity Martinez, and everyone's gonna be like, wow, really? Never would have guessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shocker there, because <laughs> uh, no one knows about that. Right. <laughs> I I don't know if uh, they'll exactly have uh, in terms of the front office been accommodating Pity Martinez uh, in Atlanta because they're at the combine in Orlando so there is kind of some some hurdles there but maybe there's a you know a guy there's a there's a tour guy that's just really helpful or Joseph Martinez else, he's here too Martinez. yeah exactly <laughs> um, although I mean you know if you see two of them together or you know out and about it's pretty obvious I think at this point someone's going to notice it I think but he'll just wear like a fake mustache and some sunglasses exactly because yeah was... just like Darren Eagles <laughs> exactly because <laughs> that's always a uh, you know hidden people for really it's well, exactly but... how it works <laughs> but uh yeah and so in an interview on Fox Sports Argentina LGP went on to even say a little bit more the saying that you know he's uh we think he's going to make us very happy because we know that he's such an influential player it's a physical league that gives you a lot of space to play because there isn't much midfield transition, so the games are direct, and Pity should have more space to operate. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Well, I mean, again, I, I think the interesting quote about that is there's not a lot of midfield transition. There will be, and in this team under Frank DeBoer, yeah. um, because tactically and technically and the way we play will be completely different to the rest of the league, and I'm very excited about that. I, I definitely think there'll be some games this year, by the way, to go back to the schedule where will be like, ugh. But there's gonna be some other games where we're gonna play a team completely off the pitch in a way that MLS hasn't really seen and they're gonna go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I will also say though, LGP has to love Pity Martinez because if yeah. you don't know, LGP is a massive River supporter. Oh, exactly. And well, we know how he feels about what Pity did against Boca. So <laughs> I think they're gonna get along just fine. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, and speaking of Argentina, you have Tito still in Argentina, keeping fit. He's doing, uh, you know, some weight drills with, uh, you know, some some balance things as well. It's, uh, he's it's also stealing see. all the ladies' hearts on exactly, social media. For sure. I mean, it's <laughs> essentially, uh, I mean, I think it brings out the horn dogs. Uh, any, yes. any mention of Tito Vijalba with, uh, you know, hiked up shorts, uh, doing some exercises. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. It's just not fair for the yeah. rest of us. <laughs> Only I was an attractive footballer who had lots of money. Oh, wait, I'm not. Damn. 
But uh, yeah, so uh, also Joseph Martinez is doing work as you can see here. It's uh, you know, I mean, everybody's staying fit. Andrew Carlton as well. I mean, it's uh, it's good to see because we have a very very big 2019 ahead of us as well. Uh, LGP, you know, still doing his bits in uh, in South America, whether he's in Chile or not. Uh, he's hanging out with Carlos Carmona, old, yeah. old friend with a baby. Adorable. Yeah. Oh my god. Or they both had kids pretty recently, so they're probably yeah. talking about how they don't get as much sleep as they used to. Right. I imagine the I don't joys have of kids, fatherhood. But I imagine that's probably not one of them is the lack of sleep. So. Right. Exactly. And uh, and speaking of uh, you know kind of family things, Julian Gressel got married. Uh, looking all dapper here. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just uh, I think everybody's. Kind of having a, I think they're living their best life right now. I think it's, when you win an MLS Cup, it makes yeah. your off season a whole lot better. Yeah. I think Julian Gressel's having a pretty good, well, 2018, 2019 so far. Winning MLS Cup, having the year he did, and now getting hitched. Congrats to him. Yes. Bring it back to the A and absolutely kill it again this year. That is something I'm looking forward to. Agreed, agreed. But uh, yeah, and so uh, also our Atlanta United Academy, the U19s were in Germany against some very high competition. Uh, I mean, the likes of, you know, Rangers, Bayern the likes Munich. of Bayern Munich, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's some, it, they were in Stuttgart, and so, yeah, I mean, it's some very, very tough competition. We were the only ones from America there. It was definitely a list of, look at all these teams, one of them does not belong, <laughs> and it was Atlanta United. But in my opinion, even though they finished last, and they did the one job that was the most important job, <laughs> and that was beating Liverpool 4-3. Go on, lads, getting it right from an early age. That's all I needed from you. Made my day a whole lot better when I saw that. Beating those guys. Anything makes me happy. And they, uh, yeah, Liverpool did go on to win that competition. It was a small sided competition, a 6v6. Uh, and it was indoor as well. So indoor. if you watched it, you were like, what's going on? Why are yeah. there boards? It was it was a very fast paced, very interesting style. I, I enjoyed it. I, I watched yeah. a little bit of it. I watched some of the highlights. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we finished last, but again, you beat Liverpool. That's all you had to do. <laughs> yeah, that's all you had to do. So yeah. I'm, I'm good. It's a, it's a win as far as I'm concerned, but it was probably a really, really fantastic experience for those guys that get to play against. Mm -hmm. Honestly, probably some players that you'll see lining up for those big teams in Europe at some point in time in the next few years. Yeah, because uh, a player like uh, Marcus Rashford came from this competition as well. He's so, good. You know, he's a red. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's get into the rumors, uh, speaking of a young person, Ezekiel Barco, uh, Independiente, his former club, apparently have tried to loan him, and, uh, no. you gotta have rebuffed by just saying no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit of an awkward situation with the way he exited it, and it probably was a little tumultuous, uh, because of some... You know, not so great situations that were happening there. I won't really talk about it, but uh, so yeah. In terms of uh, you know that actual move, it's probably not going to happen. But I'm sure a lot of the naysayers are like, make it happen, do it. But uh, it's one of those. I, I think it's maybe in the works if it's a backup plan. If Mikel Road is not sold, but in terms of a plan A, probably not. And so that's why they were. Also, I mean, if you do that. Go back to if you go back to the club that you just came from. Uh, that's it's not, not that's club. that's not a good move for Ezekiel. Yeah. I don't think that's in his best interest no. either. Even if he would be back at home, one might right. say. I think 
If you're going to loan him or move him anywhere else, you have to move him to Europe at all costs, or maybe like a Brazil, because there's been some rumored interest without really any solidity to them about yeah. teams in, in Brazil being interested in him. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think Argentina or going yeah. by an Independiente would be the right move for him. But again, I'd like to see him stay here and succeed, but that will be dependent on other players moving on. Indeed, and that report was from TYC, but uh, this one is from Calcio Mercado, which is nope. not as reliable, but uh, it is a yeah apparent interest, uh, strong interest in a 25-year-old Argentine winger called Emiliano Rigoni. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's he plays one of those... for He currently plays for Atalanta in Serie A, which is an interesting little thing. Um, it's, a, it's a situation that... It, uh, all right, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, um, and yeah. there's reasons why it won't happen. Um, one, he is currently on loan at Ansel Atalanta, which is annoying to say after saying Atlanta so many times. Sure. Um, he's on loan from Zenit St. Petersburg, and Atalanta have an option to buy him at the end of that loan, which means if Atlanta United wanted him now, they'd have to negotiate with both Atalanta to make sure that they didn't want to exercise that clause, and with Zenit to actually agree to a fee because he technically is their player, plus it's an international slot, plus he plays in a position we have a lot of players already. We don't already. need another Argentine winger. And it's, he uh, would cost money that we yeah. probably can't afford to pay to someone in that position, so no. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we we throw cold water on this uh, completely. It's it's something that yeah it just doesn't make sense from a you know a financial standpoint, from a, a you know a maneuvering standpoint, and also I mean I think it's probably one of those uh, silly season rumors that you know they're just dartboarding it. I think for sure. I think with Atlanta United it goes speak. Argentina, Atlanta United, random player. Right. Pretty much. There it is. But uh, another one that I think belongs in that silly season rumor category is Jose Martinez linked with Real Betis. Of course, uh, Mikel Miron was linked with Real Betis as well. But in terms of that, I mean, it's uh, local reports. It's something that it's just doesn't have any water to it, I don't think. I have uh, no idea where Betis is getting all this money from yeah. because... <laughs> That La Liga does not have the TV contracts other ones do. Don't get me wrong, Betis is doing great right now. Yeah. They are doing really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. But that being said, if you're wanting to buy Joseph Martinez, he, in my opinion, will cost you even more money than Miguel Almiron because you you already have a playmaker lined up to replace Miggy. It's easier to replace a playmaker in that mold than it is to replace a guy that is probably the greatest striker to ever play in this league and score 30 plus goals yeah. a season. So replacing 30 goals is a lot more difficult. It costs a lot of money. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. So no. <laughs> yep. So we'll move on from that one uh, to, uh, I mean, it's the Chronicle, which is a pretty reputable uh, site that pretty much covers Newcastle. And so with that, I mean, the rumor was that uh, Miguel Miron was maybe demanding too much for his wages. Uh, with that being said, that Atlanta United and Newcastle United apparently had agreed to a transfer fee. Whatever that is, it hasn't really been uh, put out there. But the, uh, the wage demands have been, and it's 100,000 pounds, which equates to about $127 million or $127,000 which is about $6.6 .6 million uh, a year. Which, to put in perspective, is bang freaking average for the Premier League. Yeah. It used to be a massive number if you were on six figures a week in mm -hmm. terms of wages. Um, this one apparently is being killed because, well, he's on 44,000 pounds, roughly a week right now for Atlanta United, which comes out to around two-ish million. Um, again, and I cannot say this enough, Mike Ashley is a cheap bastard. 
and Newcastle fans hate him because yeah. he does not spend money. Their net spend over the last few years is negative and they play in the Premier League. There's a reason they got relegated a few years back. Fun fact, that team that got relegated pretty much is the exact same team playing in the Premier League right now. Yeah. Miguel Almiron does not need to go to Newcastle. Mike Ashley will not spend the money to bring him to Newcastle. Just don't worry about him going to Newcastle. But it's also one of these, uh, Mike Ashley is trying to you know, uh, get someone to buy the club. He's been getting well. someone to try to buy the club yeah, for like exactly. the last five years. And uh, apparently it was something that was supposed to shake down in January and there was supposed to be a regime change. That hasn't happened. Just like last year right? and, and the year uh, before that. Yeah, so it seems like uh, there is a little bit of maybe placating the fans a little bit in my eyes where uh, they're trying to just find an excuse that they're not going to buy Miguel Miron, which yeah, I guess fair, uh, but in terms of for our our sake, uh, we really, I think, need for ideally Miguel Miron to be sold uh, for, you know, not only for optics, for the, uh, the health and future of this club, for the space to bring in a new player, because we can't have, uh, you know, more than three DPs. <laughs> DPs. Sorry, Unfortunately, yeah. if we could <laughs> figure a way around it, but there's not really a way right yeah, now. It's, um, it's not in so, the But I, I think he needs to go to a club that's stable, a club that has good ownership, which is not, you know, Newcastle, because again, Mike Ashley is an absolute wanker. So, yeah, I just, I don't see that being the situation that works out for him. Again, Newcastle fans ha hate Mike Ashley anyway, so they'll read this and go, yeah, it's pretty much standard operating at this time. So... I think that that train will continue to roll on and we will find out where he's going. But again, I'm if, if he goes to Newcastle, I will be absolutely dumbfounded to be perfectly honest with yeah. you. I think uh, it's gotta be you know another club that has a little bit more of a stable situation because if he drops down, if he gets relegated to the championship, them, well, most, most contracts have a clause yeah. that drops players' wages if they go to the championship, mm -hmm. unless of course you're Sunderland and Sunderland until I die and you have that Jack Rodwell fella. Um, by the way, I feel bad. By the way, now, in case anyone saw my tweet, I feel really bad for Sunderland. I'm sorry. It's awful. They had a terrible owner like Newcastle. They're not really far apart, so it's not shocking. Um, Keep adding him. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not a good situation to be in a club that's fighting for relegation. Right now, Newcastle are doing okay, but in the second half of the season, if other teams around them make signings, they could find themselves in a relegation fight. And that's not a spot that I want Miguel Almiron to be in because he'll be counted on to perform, especially if he's on that yep. wage. He will be their go-to guy. They don't really have a lot of creativity and mm. playmakers and people that excite the fans right now. And I know Rafa Benitez would love to have him there, sure. but I just... It's not a great situation, and, right. and it, I want him to be successful wherever he goes to. Yeah, if he's counted as their savior, it's probably not a, not good, a good idea. idea. And I think in terms of uh, what our wishes for him, in terms of uh, if he's moved on, you want him to do well. You want him to stay at a top level. Otherwise, it doesn't look good again. So... You know, but uh, we'll move on from the rumors and we will look at the Atlanta United concept kits. It uh, is a uh, silly really... season definitely for transfer rumors, yes. but it's also a silly season for concept kits because, right. well, the next one launches next month. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, that primary kit is going to be replaced. Uh, we have a whole bunch of ones that uh, we've seen, we've put out there, you guys have reviewed, we're going to review them now. Uh, and you know, we'll just do it really quick and uh, take a look at all of these. But yeah, this first one, uh, you know, comes from self-aware CEO. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. A lot of black. A lot of black. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the white 
American Family Insurance logo. Yeah, it's, kind it's not of, really part of the color scheme. Yeah, it's kind of kind of off with that. Um, Which uh, you know, it, it, it has some good elements, but I think a wholesale yeah. kind of change would be needed. But I think the black is on the right track there. I definitely like the black, like yeah. this background. Uh, this one from Oof. Pro Football Jerseys looks more like a third kit. That's a third kit design. If it is a third, or even a practice kit, but because uh, the third kit, if it had that much red, it would mean our primary kit does not have that much red, and yeah. that's not good. That's uh, that would that would be a really nice training top. Yeah, that would be a sweet training top. To be yeah. perfectly honest with you, that yeah. that would because be it's cool. a it's a fairly clean design. It's just a matter of uh, whether it actually fits our mo, and it just doesn't. But um, yeah, Ooh. this next one. This from one's my Saint favorite. Edicts. Oh, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, yeah, with the three stripes on the side, uh, you have the seven stripes, or maybe nine with the ones on the sleeves. Uh, I don't know if our. It's a little little perplexing there. Maybe I, I, I will say you take it off. The reason why this one is so far been the favorite that I've seen is because it's the only one that decided let's put a star above the logo, and I oh. like the look of seeing a star above the logo. Indeed, this that has been the sticking point. This reminds me of a very classic. AC Milan kit, yeah. and I absolutely love that. I think this is a very clean design as well. Yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, the number of stripes, that's kind of crazy, but I, again, I, I look past that and I just say, that looks like a Milan kit, I think it looks awesome. Maybe like you said, the sleeve a little bit and the collar in the middle, how it kind of starts and ends it's right there. Blocky. It's a little black and a little blocky, but on the whole, as far as being on the right track of what I'd love to see in a shirt, mm -hmm. This is the one that I like by far the most so far. And I love the gold stripes in the side as well. Yeah, it definitely works for me. Uh, for the next one, it's Nero Ooh. Design. And uh, that's yeah. a lot going on. Woo! I mean, uh, some people have mentioned like it's one of those kind of, uh, you know, you cross your eyes and you know, you see some sort of different uh, thing in there. It's, ooh, I, I don't know. Looks um, like a lot of dots. Yeah, a whole lot of dots. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that I'm. I'm you're I'm creative, though. It. I'll give whoever that is. They are creative. I'll they give thought that outside to them. of the box, but you know this ain't it, man. This is an L. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Next one is Perez design. A lot of black. Uh, that was kind of cool, though. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting design. I think yeah. that's kind of what he's done with the stripes here is something that I think you could see in the future as a way of maybe not exactly that way, but how they can change the stripes whilst yeah. keeping the stripes and kind of throwing an interesting design element into it. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, essentially hoops within the stripes. Uh, and then, it, I mean, they kind of look like sound, sound levels as well, which is kind of cool to me. But it's a little too, maybe a little too blasé for me as well. I mean, I think it needs a little bit of flavor. Uh, and it's a little dark. But, I mean, I think it's on the right track. But, uh, yeah, I think something something missing in that. But uh, this next one from Soccer365 this um, is pretty much is our kit. Uh, it's like a different color a little and bit. And the stripes are now on the side. Right. I'd like to see a little bit more of a change between the two kits. I don't have a problem with it, by the yeah. way. I, don't, I think it's fine. It's clean and straightforward. But yeah. I'd like to see a little bit more design change from our first shirt yeah. to our second shirt. Well, Just to give it a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah. Some people are like, don't change it at all. And so maybe this is, you know, maybe kind of closer a, to what they want. Closer to what they want. Yeah, right. the sleeves are a little different. The, the collar's uh, the collar's different. The collar, collar's definitely different. But you have a, a wider neck as well. I, I think it's like, a, it looks like, uh, maybe a Barcelona kit. As yeah, well, so. it does look very Barca. But uh, especially, yeah, the one uh, next to it right there. Yeah, I mean, with the, I think, seven stripes. That one, yeah, very Barca as well with the red shorts. Not a bad team to compare yourself with. Right, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, the the Barcelona's, the, the 
Milan. I think the, Milan is yeah. definitely the club that if you want to look at kits that what you will be to. similar to, it, it's Milan. Yeah. I mean, they, they're they just clean kits. Aside from the fact that that's a club that's in absolute shambles at the moment. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, and the last one is the Joe Bro 24-1 here. And, uh, I mean, I'm not really a fan of these, uh, these gold kind of um, um, not a gold. stroke next this to golden these. white I'm not it's just gaudy I'm, I, I, I like where the idea is coming from but that kind of it's it's a lot yeah it's a lot yeah I mean uh, it, it's this one the uh, with the the gold trim right, right there oh, that I mean, one yeah that right one, on one I think is with the number 34 uh, yeah yeah that one that was not bad it, it's that was not bad it's not bad I don't like the uh, the gold stroke on that though I mean it's just uh, I, I think the goal. I, I like the goal being limited to its accents and maybe yeah. not as much like being on like the sleeves and stuff. I'm right. sure talking about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that and white gold one, not so much. Not the one. Yeah, uh, I think uh, as a secondary kit, I, I still don't even know. It's I think primary more gold is probably a little bit better. Uh, that's just too much white. I think with this. Uh, yeah, with this too gold. much white and gold is just too just. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little corny, but anyway. Uh, I like the red and black one. In yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if there's a favorite that you would choose, which one? Uh, it's got to be the Saint Edix one, right? Oh, uh, the one that I. Uh, but, 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 yes, absolutely. That one is. I like that one. Uh, again, only edits I would have maybe, maybe a bit more with like the sleeves and the black going down the side, and yeah. the collar maybe could get itself sorted out a little bit. But yeah. in in terms of like on the right track, yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I think uh, it's a combo, I think, um, for me. I think the St. Edix, and if it was a little bit more black, uh, like the Perez design, like that first one with uh, the self-aware CEO, uh, you know, definitely with more gold, I think it would definitely work a little bit better. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it can happen, too. I mean, if you fill in that side, the sleeve, and the, the torso area, yeah, it would look a lot cleaner. And, uh, Again, I mean, yeah. I think the one thing that I get from all of this is that uh, there are some really flipping talented people who have some great yeah. creative minds in this Atlanta community. So, but honestly, I think a lot of them are not actually Atlanta United fans, and so that's why the star is missing. That would probably so explain it. Star fan, not star, yeah. not fan. And if there's not a star and you are a fan, come on, yeah. come on. What are we doing? That's the only thing that we care about with the change is the star. Yeah, exactly. Because. I mean, I think as we alluded to last week, I mean, if there's a star on the kit, it's going to be selling like hotcakes. Yes, it's exactly. Going to. As Devin says continuously, put a star in his kit like a star. But uh, let's You're move on right. into the mailbag. You guys send in these questions via IG story. Please continue to do so, and your question might be chosen in the future. First question comes from JLLYGRM76. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Jillgrin76. Jelly Grin? Jelly Green? I don't know. But uh, yeah. Jellyfish. Don't know jellyfish, but uh, so the question is with such a heavy schedule with the CONCACAF, US Open, and MLS, how do we fare? Uh, priority is CONCACAF Champions League, um, and then depending on how it goes, I think the, the turns to MLS um, and uh, Supporter Shield and MLS Cup. I don't think that US Open Cup is as high on our list of trophies we want to win this season. Mm -hmm. Maybe moving forward when the squad is played under DeBoer more and we've kind of got our youth system figured out where we have a lot of, like a really 
diverse crop, you know, crop of players coming through that we can play through that. I just don't think right now it's going to be a competition that we devote a lot of resources to, especially with how the schedule is this year with Major League Soccer. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, yeah, we go for Champions League, and I'm really confident and hopeful that we do a great showing in that. And then it's in the league. Again, the U.S. Open Cup, it's nice, but it's not a priority for me. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, if you had to ask someone what's a trouble for MLS, I think it would be winning CONCACAF Champions League, Supporter Shield, and MLS Cup, because yep. you're top of the league and then you win the cup. Mm -hmm. And then a U.S. Open Cup would be just the, would be the, the, you know, the cherry on top as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of competitions to win. So, I mean, in, in terms of that, I think Supporter Shield is definitely, I think, uh, if you're not counting uh, the CONCACAF Champions League, it's a number two. If you're counting CONCACAF, then it's a number three. Uh, yeah, US Open is down on the list, but I think for Frank de Boer, yeah, he has to win a a championship of, of some sort. And if it's, if it's the right, only trophy it looks like he can win, then I think we absolutely go for it. Exactly. Like if, if we're out of the Champions League right. and we're not gonna win Supporter Shield, then I damn well want us to go for the US Open Cup right. because, well, the Campiones Cup uh, doesn't really count. And yeah, I mean, the US Open Cup would be a nice trophy to add. It's not one that you really bang your chest about, but it would be a nice trophy to win. Yeah, you fill the, the, the trophy cabinet. I mean, that's it's what it's about. So it's- uh, And it's nice it's to get your those, first of everything. So right. you go ahead and get that off the board. Exactly. Which would be one more than Orlando City has. Right. So yeah, in terms of how we fare to answer that question, I think, uh, you know, I think we fare well. I think we have to prioritize the competitions that we want to win and we, we just might have, have to check to, it down. Yeah, we might have to accept that we have some difficult performance Performances in the league this year, yeah. because it's just it's a whole lot tough. going and on with the congestion. Ooh, yeah, but. there might be some games that are really frustrating for us, but I think on the whole, I'm really confident going into the season. To be perfectly honest with right. you. So uh, next question comes from LB Helms 72. When will the final roster be complete? Um, uh, it's an interesting question because it both will have to be complete by the time we start our season against right. uh, Herediano. And conversely, it will never be complete because you have transfer windows at the beginning of the MLS season, as well as during the middle of the season, and you never know. I mean, last year, if you'd ask this question, I'd say, okay, it's complete. And then you had Eric Rometty come in and be an absolute unit. Mm -hmm. So the team, especially DeBoer, will always be looking to improve in terms of, for the league, it needs to be finalized before that first league game. So by that mm -hmm. point in time, you'll have the situation sorted out with having four potential DPs when Pity Martinez doesn't sign, does sign, signs whenever he does. So that will have to be sorted out before that first game of Major League Soccer. Right. Uh, so next question comes from Ali Cupertino. What, what are you most, what are you most looking forward to talking about covering this season? Champions League. Yeah, Champions League is, uh, I think, foremost, is going to be an exciting competition that we're going to be part of. Uh, the different types of opponents that we'll be playing, that will be very, very fun. I think uh, secondary, Pity Martinez is going to yep. be a right very too. fun topic to talk about a lot, I'm sure. Hopefully a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be goals, talking sure, about hopefully. a lot of Martinez to Martinez. Yeah. And that and, would be uh, ideal. Yeah. The new fusion, hopefully. And, but Martinez that, squared. Yeah. But all that is contingent on Miguel Miron being sold. So we'll see. But I think uh, for me, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Nick Lanfear. If we go into next season with four DPs, what is the league penalty? Do we get fined or force buyout? You can't. To not be you can't like, have four straightforward, DPs. you can't. Um, 
there's no workaround that I know of, and I've looked for one. If there is some sort of workaround, you best believe it, Lightning Added will try their best to do it. But as of right now, it's to my knowledge impossible to have people for designated players. It's not like the NBA where you have like the luxury tax where you have an extra person. You just have to pay the rest of the league this amount of money to get away with it. You can't do that um, because they want, you know, there to be parity, to be competitive nature amongst the clubs. Obviously, I'd love for there not to be because we wax everyone, but it needs to be healthy for the league to grow. And right now, you're limited to three DPs. Most clubs only want there to be two because they're salty, but we have three. So yeah, it'll be three. Someone will move. Uh, I don't think it'll be Joseph. Um, and if, it, if Pity coming in, obviously it won't be him. We'll just leave it down to Miguel Almiron and Ezekiel Barco. And I think the most likely to leave is still Miguel Almiron. Right. And in terms of that, I mean, like, uh, you know, rules have been bent in the past. Uh, LA Galaxy, looking at you. Uh, rules got changed because of them. Yeah, exactly. Hey, maybe they can change rules rule. because of us. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but if that does happen, I don't know. I mean, I think it's uh, it would look kind of bad, I think, on us at this point. Especially, uh, you know, a fourth DP, mm, that's just like... A lot of collusion probably going on. That People would be really mad at us, but yeah. Uncle Arthur would be Uncle Arthur. Oh, exactly. He'd be pulling some Godfather stuff. He'd be walking into Don Garber's office. Yeah. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Right. I'll make you <laughs> a lot of money in Atlanta. Okay, done. And then Don Garber would be off my shit list. Yeah. Mostly because he was, you know, helping us bend the rules. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole different conversation. But uh, next question comes from Nick Muchow 7 if Pity does indeed come to Atlanta United, how long do you expect him to be here? Probably like two to three years like Miguel Almiron. If he's as good as I think he is, it might only be one year, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. If he's as good as he can be mm -hmm. and lights up the league immediately, if Real Madrid and Barcelona were interested in him before he moved here, if he comes here and drops an MVP-type caliber season and wins silverware with Atlanta United, it might damn well only be one season because right. he'll come in and teams in Europe will immediately be like, yeah, we want him, and then he'll move. Um, I mean, to be honest, if he, again, I think if he is as good as advertised mm -hmm. and develops past that point, I think it'll only be one year. But my gut feeling is it'll be two years because mm -hmm. that'll give him time to develop, play two years here, and then have his peak years in Europe if that is indeed what he wants to do. Right. It's uh, it's tough to talk about peak years, though, because you know it's kind of different for the different sets of players, uh, different positions, obviously. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like he's right now in his prime because 22 to 26 for an attacking player like him, it's probably his prime. 27, if he moves in a couple years, 27... To you know, uh, 31. 31, let's say, yeah. To be fair, he is a playmaker who doesn't exclusively rely on his pace, he though. So he's able to operate in tight spaces, be yeah. really, really composed on the ball, mm -hmm. so he could, you know, elongate his career a little bit more yeah. with that. I mean, if he comes in and, and does what he kind of has done for River Plate and some, which mm -hmm. he very well could, I, I don't see how he stays here very long because that's a player that someone would immediately be like, yeah, we need him. Yep. So I, I'd say two years, I think, would be really good for Atlanta United, um, but it might only be one. But if it's yep. only one, that's still going to be a really damn good year for us. Yeah, and uh, it, yeah, that would mean a lot of good things, obviously, and uh, it would be another transfer saga, I'm sure. But uh, and speaking of transfer sagas, Matthew Furness with seven S's. That's a lot of S's. Is Miguel still likely to transfer? Time's yes. running out. Time's not running out. It's uh, as of this recording, it's 23 days still until the uh, January transfer window slams shut. It's plenty of time to still get something done. 
Yeah, not to mention a lot of business gets done on the final day because clubs are stupid. Yeah. So they, they like a lot of people wait last minute. Yes, they procrastinate. So. They're like, oh wow, it's we have twelve hours. We need to get something done. Although it will be interesting for him because he'd have to complete a medical, and if he's in North America, that makes things a little bit more different. A little bit more. So, so I definitely think if it, it it will be resolved, in my opinion, probably in the last week of the window. So I'd say the end of January is when you'll see this thing either end or him not move until the summer. So those those are probably what you're looking at. But my gut feeling is he still moves on. They'll find a club for him and, and he'll go on to Europe. Yeah, ideally it has to happen in January window. But last question comes from Eduardo V14. Will Almiron still participate in preseason? Yes, he will be participating with the team for as long as he is still a member of Atlanta United. Follow-up question, what happened to the previous 13 versions of you, Eduardo? Because you're <laughs> clearly version 14, and I want to know what happened to the previous 13. Yeah, let us know in the comments below. Absolutely. This is a question I need an answer to, yeah. so for sure. <laughs> Speaking of questions I would like answers to, nice little segue there. Question of the day. And well, guys, it's kind of straightforward because the schedule just came out. We want to know what games are you looking forward to the most now that we do have the final schedule for 2019 out. Hit us up in the comments below to tell us what you're looking forward to this coming season. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>